lot of things to let go of, right? You know, I had the, um, as people were coming in today, and some of you guys that are first timers, I'm excited to meet you. Hopefully you'll stay after for, we're gonna have a barbecue and you can hang out and meet everybody. But it was, it was really exciting to me that some of you shared some stuff right off the bat that why this topic spoke, spoke to you about letting go. And I, I was actually really touched by your honesty and your candor. And so um, we're going to be covering pretty much you know, a whole bunch of them. I'll actually read you some of the topics that we're doing because I did a little survey on Facebook and I said, hey, guys, what do you think about when you think about the topic of letting go? And here's some of the things that we're going to be talking about in this eight weeks. Um, next week, actually, we're going to be talking about letting go of worries, doubts, and fears, because that's a big one, right, And letting go. Uh, we're going to talk about letting go of harsh self-talk, destructive thinking, shaming, things like that, comparing yourself, letting go of toxic relationships, perfectionism, things like grudges, resentment, anger, letting go of the past, letting go of defensiveness, and also even letting go of good for best, because you know, sometimes that's in the mix as well. Um, but as I was looking at these topics, so many of them have to do with letting go of things that are outside of our control. And so that's what I want to kind of focus on today, is letting go of things that are outside of our control. Have you ever kind of had your head spin out focusing on wanting to change things you can't change? Doesn't it make you crazy? You know what it kind of reminds me of? We got a little video here. It's a little, this is what makes me think of. Don't you feel like that? It's like a lot of energy going around and around and around and around and around and around and going no place. It's exhausting, isn't it? Focusing a lot of mental energy. Yeah, he's, he's struggling. <laughs> See, just pooped. You can't, you know, at a certain point, like, what can you do? Burns you out. So we're going to look at how can we let go of things that we can't control. And I'm going to tell you, I, I want to go to a, a record in the Bible that I love. It's about four guys that have it about as bad as you could possibly have it. You think you got it bad. Anybody think they got it bad? No, you don't have to raise your hands. I would not do that to you. But these guys, no matter what you're thinking about right now as far as your situation, it can't probably get too much worse than these four guys. And I want to kind of draw a little picture of what was going on even in, uh, as far as economically, you know, because that's something that can be out of our control is, you know, what's going on with the economy. And so their economy was so bad, it was in Samaria, there's these four guys and they're outside of the city of Samaria where there's an incredible famine and the famine is so intense. I mean, people are starving that right before it, they talked about two women that ate their children. That's disturbing, right? I mean, people got to be pretty, I, I can't even imagine for any of you parents, I mean, it has to be so dire and so desperate that people would consider that. It says that a donkey's head sold for some astronomical amount of money, and a donkey head probably doesn't sound like it's very good to eat. It wasn't very good, you know, back then either. It wasn't like a delicacy. It was truly something just vile to eat, but, but that's how bad the famine was. So there's four guys sitting outside of the, their city, out, out on the road, and they're lepers. And that's pretty bad, too. Leprosy was a disease that we just don't see a lot of today. But back in the day, it, was, it made you somebody that was an outcast. You had your flesh falling off. It was just 
a really, really hideous disease. So these are all things outside of their control that are miserable and are awful. So what can you do? And that's what we're going to take a look at, um, what happens with these guys. So go to 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 3. It says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said one to another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. <laughs> Doesn't get any worse than that. Kind of interesting. Now, their options are all bad, and, and that happens in life, doesn't it? Where, where all of the choices in front of you just seem awful. That's not like, you know. But here's what doesn't work, and what these guys didn't do, is a lot of times people sit on the road where the guys were sitting and just wish that there was another option that didn't exist. You know, spend a lot of time going, if only... And you know that won't work or get you anywhere. So they've got three options. They're sitting there going, if we go back to our city, there's a famine, we will die. If we sit here and do nothing, we will die. If we go to the Syrians, and these were very, like, scare. It was a Syrian army. That's why their whole town was in famine. They were brutal. So it would be kind of like saying, let's turn ourselves over to ISIL or something. You know, like, scary. It was not, you know, it was a scary thing to do. So they're saying, we've got, for sure we'll die if we go back. For sure we'll die, slowly, maybe, if we stay here. And we will probably die. That's like what might happen, very likely will happen if we go forward. So bad, bad options, right? Um, so I want to take a look at what can you do when those are the things that, that life is dishing you out um, kind of thing. So. First of all, though, I want to talk about the fact that in this letting go, sometimes people think of letting go as being totally neutral and passive. Like, do nothing. Like, just kind of let whatever happens, happens. That that's sort of our concept of letting go. And, you know, it's, it's not biblical, and this is not what these guys did, and it doesn't work. You know, this kind of passive thing. But I'm going to talk about why is it so many people decide not to make a choice and just sort of sit on the road. You know, what are the things that get us in the way that, that cause us to be afraid of going forward when that's the only option, you know, that, that uh, there's even a chance at surviving like what they were faced with? So one is what I just mentioned is wishing that there was another choice. And I love that the lepers didn't do that. And one thing that you want to let go of is let go of false hope. False hope is hoping for something that ain't never going to happen. You know, so they could easily have sat on that road and just said, boy, I wish it was different. You know, too bad. I sure don't like these other options. And I've done that in my life. You can relate to this, right? Where you're sitting there just spending a lot of time wishing that something was there that doesn't exist. You can also kind of protest and say, well, it's not fair. You know, my problem was caused for somebody else. They should surely fix my problem. You know, you can stay stuck there and waiting for somebody else to come along and fix things. Sometimes that's, that's the thing, too, of looking to somebody else to fix your problems, that your answer or your solution isn't somebody else taking care of you or fixing it or whoever's wronging you, waiting for them to write that and that it's all contingent upon that. 
Well, that just puts you in a place where you're powerless as well. A third one is, huh, this is kind of funny, you know, thinking that time, time will heal all wounds. You know, I was just looking at, um, um, online to Dr. Hen Henry Cloud, and I love it. He said, um, whoever says time heals all wounds is smoking crack. <laughs> Talk about, like, what would happen to gangrene? Tell that, like, oh, time, we'll just wait, and that'll heal things, right? <laughs> you know, time by itself doesn't do bubkiss. Oftentimes, healing takes time, but healing without anything, the passivity of a lot of times when people say let go, you don't let go of everything. And that's what I want to talk about, is you do what you can do, and then you let go of the things that you can't control. And we're going to talk about how, how to do that peacefully. Number four, as far as why people don't do anything, is a fear of failure. That's why people don't make choices. You're afraid to make a, a, a mistake. You know, it's, you, you think like, and think about this. What if, and like, what if these guys, these lepers are on the road and they go forward and it doesn't work? They could say, wow, I would feel really stupid. I expended so much energy heading in this direction, and it still didn't work out. And so a lot of times the, the, the thing that keeps us stuck is fear of failure, fear of doing it wrong, fear of, you know, and it just leads to indecision. Um, number five, all or nothing thinking. It keeps you from not moving. One of the things that we're going to talk about is getting in, in this series, because there's a whole bunch of topics, letting go of perfectionism. Thinking that somehow I've got to have it all together, have to understand, they didn't know what was ahead, really. This was, you know, a less than best option as far as what was in front of them goes. But it keeps you from moving and from making a choice. And then the sixth one that I want to talk about is religious speak that keeps people held back. And there's two slogans, and don't, get, don't anybody get mad at me right away uh, when I say this, because uh, these might be your favorite sayings, but I'll tell you what, why I think that the way that people relate to these can be disempowering. Everything happens for a reason, and God is in control. So here's what happens in those two statements, the whole thing. God is in control. I get why people say that. People say it because God is all-powerful. He's the creator of all life. But guess what? God gave people free will. There's a lot of things that happen in this world, and this is biblical, that God doesn't want, that aren't the will of God. People treat like, if I get cancer, God wanted me to have cancer. If a baby gets mutilated, God wanted that for a reason. Really? Does that really make sense? You know, that God wants everything, that everything, no matter how hideous, that somehow God wanted those things to happen. And so again, it, it, it freezes us from having choice and from doing the part that we can do. You know, and so we want to be clear when we're letting go that we're letting go of things that truly we have no control over and aren't, you know, in our area of power. And part of that is making a choice. The whole thing is, um, everything happens for a reason. Again, it's, you know, I think that it helps people to understand that, let's say, you know, you got abused or something. I was abused as a, as a child. And, um, and so you think, wow, God used that abuse for me to turn it around that I can help other people. 
Well, there's a difference between the fact that God didn't want the abuse to happen, but since it happened, if there are bad things that happen, God can turn it into something good for you, not that he caused that abuse. It doesn't make sense. You know, babies getting mutilated, killed. I mean, really, like, you know. So we don't, like that kind of thinking when we're relating to those two statements that way, can you see how that's disempowering? So we don't want to let go of everything in letting go of the things that um, we want to do the part that we can do and then, um, and then let go of the stuff that we have no control over. Let's go to, um, actually, I want to, there's a chart. I think we've got that one right. Oh, you know, Stephen Covey has this book uh, that I read, um, well, I read the one, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful Families. And he talks about the other reason why we don't want to spend a lot of energy focusing on the things that we can't control is because if we do that, if we're expending all this energy, then what happens is here we've got, the, he, has, he calls it the circle of concern and the circle of influence. The circle of concern are things that we care about. And then there's a smaller circle, which is the circle of influence, which is the things that, that we care about that we can do something about. It's smaller than the circle of, the thing, of concern. Now, if we put a lot of energy into the circle of concern, it actually shrinks the amount of time that we have on the things that we have influence over, and that's how that works. So it's another reason why it's really important to, to let go of the things that are out of our control. So let's go back to our four guys on the road in verse 5 and see how this turned out for them. It says in verse 5, And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, <laughs> to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent, they ate and drank, <laughs> uh, and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then they came back and entered into another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. So this is, there's so many cool parts of this. For one, how, talk about fear, which we're going to talk about next week. You need to let go of fear. They ran and abandoned everything that they had just because of some noise that wasn't even what they thought it was. You know, that shows you how crippling fear is and why we want to let go of fear. So that's kind of funny. But what's really cool here is it's God that caused this to happen for those Samaritans. How cool is that for those lepers? God caused that. And so if they had sat on the road outside of the gate, they would never have seen this. Do you see why it's important that we do our part? There's an old saying, old school, back from, you know, years ago when I became a Christian. It was like, you do your best and let God do the rest. And that's just, you know, it's just like there's two parts in that. You know, they did the best that they could. It wasn't, didn't look perfect, didn't look ideal at all, but they did the part that they could do. If they sat on the road and thought God's in control, I'll just sit there. If God really wants us to live, who will make it all right, right on the road, guess what would have happened? 
they would have died. So that's why it's important to understand what's our part and what's God's part. But they moved on the best that they understood what to do, and God opened a door for incredible victory. Like so beyond what they were thinking. They're just thinking about, we will probably die. And thinking, because come on, even if the Syrians didn't kill them, it's not like they were going to have a nice life there with the Syrian army. You know, they would probably have been enslaved. It was not, none of it could have turned out rosy. But here, because they got up and moved and went, God, God was working. God did his part. It, you know, it opened the door for God to do his part, and it says, they got gold and silver. You know, not slaves, not killed. Fat. It was fat, like PH 18. <laughs> that fat. Not like fat, like that, that mean Katie picking on Alberto. Oh, no, not Katie. It was Maxine picking on him. Sorry. Katie was. Um, anyway, so it opened the door for, you know, for God's part. Okay, so. There's two, like I say, there's just two elements in there, is you do your best and let God do the rest. But I want to really, part of how you have peace in this, because it's hard to let go and not worry, right? You do your part, and have you ever done that? You do your part, and then you're sitting there going, what if I didn't do it perfect? You know, or you know that you didn't do it perfect. You're sitting there going, uh-oh, I could have done better. You know what your best is? Your best is not perfect, because that doesn't exist, really. Do you know perfection? Somebody was, um, it was another Henry Cloud statement. I, I, I subscribed to his thing where he sends you something every day, these like little statements, and he said, some gr lady said she wasn't going to give up perfectionism, and he said, well, then you're psychotic. Like, <laughs> or something like that. It was, it was way cooler saying than how I'm remembering it, but it was basically, there is no perfection, so if that's what you're shooting for, you're psychotic. So, um, so your best is not perfect. Your best is just the best that you know how to do and that you can do something about given this moment in time. And sometimes there'll be mistakes in that, you know? That comes up for me in, in you know, ministry or, you know, it's, we just started this church like a little over a year ago. So, so preaching is actually super outside of my comfort zone. And um, so it's kind of been really, it's an, been a very intimidating process for me. So, um, you know, and so it just sort of, and there are times where I just don't do as well as I really want to do. And it matters to me. It's something that I care about really, really deeply. Like, I care. People come here. you got other things you could do that are, are fun on Sundays, you know? you know? There's lots of fun things to do on a weekend. But you came here, and you want to hear about God, and that's like a big deal to me. I'm like, wow, okay. I have to make sure, you know, like people come and go, what the heck did I do that for? Could have been at the beach today. Man, that's like sucks, this church. No. So, uh, <laughs> so it's like, so this stresses me out, and I don't always do the very best, you know, and my husband gives me feedback after. Sometimes he goes, oh, it's a little rambly, Nancy, or last week I kind of accidentally said a word I shouldn't have said, so not really. I mean, I was trying to, <laughs> and everybody groaned, so um, it wasn't the actual word, but it sounded close enough that people groaned. So um, anyway, so, you know, it's just sort of like, <laughs> but it's outside of, it's out, like, even the fact that I'm growing at the rate that I can, I can't speed it up any. I can just, like, learn and grow, and every week I look at, okay, I could have been less rambly or, you know, come up with a clear opening. I was just like, you know, or what have you. I, oh, another thing is, I was thinking, I, I have all these letting, letting it, you know, letting it go teachings, 
And I just realized afterwards, I didn't pick the one that goes with the skit. And then I found, figured that out today. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But it's outside of my control. It's too late. Couldn't change it. <laughs> so it's just like you do your best. And honestly, just trust that God's going to show up in this. So I want to take you to a couple of verses that really help me in my faith as far as letting God do the rest so that it helps you to let go so you don't obsess. And we're going to talk about the harsh self-talk and things like that in the weeks to come. Um, but I love these verses. They help me to really let go. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Whatever your problem, whatever your situation, whatever looks impossible, with God all of it is possible. God is a God of miracles. So it's just sort of like, there are many situations in front of us that we are powerless to do something about. Four years ago, I, got, I had breast cancer. That was a scary thing. That was a circumstance that sucked. I was sitting there going, I don't love this. This really sucks. But all I could do, honestly, there really wasn't a whole lot that I could do on that one. And sometimes there's situations that there's just not a whole lot that you can do. But I could pray and bring God into it, and that's a big part. You know, a big part of, I just was on my knees and seeking God and saying, I will not move away from God because I need God desperately right now in this situation. I cannot be alone in this situation without God. You know, and God answered my biggest prayer, which he actually, I, I, this was a miracle that I'm incredibly grateful for. He actually shrunk the tumor so that I didn't have to have chemotherapy. And that was like, that was like a miracle like to me. I, that was the thing that, yeah, amen, yeah, hallelujah, <laughs> praise God. Um, here's another one, too, in Romans chapter 8, in verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, I have to tell you that there's a lot that I get comfort in in this because, you know, I, I, I remember when I was little and just getting to know God, little, I mean, I was, I was raised an atheist, but um, I came to know God when I was in my teens, and people wanted to beat me up, and it was, for some reason, everybody wanted to beat me up. I was the littlest kid, and I don't know, I was weird, too, so. Um, I was like the skit, you know, but, we're, but you know. So, um, and this verse just spoke to me because whatever it is, if, who, if it's a person that's your enemy, if it's a circumstance that you're, that's your enemy, God is for you. He's on, in your corner. He's for your side. You know what? Even when you screw up, guess what? God is for you. God is a God of grace. God is for you. You don't got to wait to deserve God. God loves you right now and wants to be there for you and is in your corner no matter how much you fall short. God is for you. In um, verse 32, it says, I love this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is big. It's saying God gave his only begotten son for you. That's the biggest thing God could give. So why would you think that God doesn't want to be there for you for all the other needs that you have in your life? 
It says that God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God wants to be there for you in every part of your life. There's nothing too small, nothing too big. God says he even knows the hairs on our head. That's how much he cares about the little things in your life. So there's nothing that you're bothering God with that you can't take to God that he doesn't care. It's saying if it gave his son, his only son, that was the big thing. When we were sinners, when we fell short, whatever part you feel undeserving or unworthy, God sent his son in that. So it's just getting it that God wants to be there for you in whatever the circumstances that you're up against. And then it, it says in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then here we go, circumstances out of your control. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, see, just like what we read, or nakedness or peril or sword, all the bad things that could hit. It says, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And in verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's saying in all those circumstances, whatever, whatever your situation is, whatever the, the hard, harsh things that you're facing, it says that God made you more than a conqueror with him in on it. You by yourself, we are limited beings. That's part of it, that when you're facing hard things, you're like, there's only so much I can do. I'm kind of a limited person in this. But God Almighty is big. He's the creator of all life. And it says that he, he can make you more than a conqueror. That God plus you makes a majority. God plus you is bigger than your situation, no matter what. God can cause us to triumph in that. And that there's nothing, no matter what happens, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You know, it's, um, it's, this is grace. This is grace. And this is also why, as far as letting go of the stuff that I can't control... I know God's love for me. I know he cares for me. I know his goodness. I know even if I fall short, God still wants to take care of me and bring me to victory. That God still cares like that. That's how big our God is. And that helps me to have peace. I, it's funny because it seems like all week this week there were worries that I had. And I was just like, oh, remember what you're teaching. Let go, let go. <laughs> But it's true, it's just sort of like, as soon as I thought about God in my situation, it helped me to let go. So here's what I want to kind of ask you guys to think about. Because I really, think about the things that you would like to let go of. We're going to be covering eight weeks on this topic. If there are things that weigh you down, because think about that, the baggage are things that weigh you down and hold you back. I'm gonna ask you to consider making a commitment to do the best that you can to come to every week of this series. Obviously, maybe things come up. But just to think about giving that to yourself. Giving it to yourself, I, you know, and just see what God can do as far as stirring in your heart and changing your heart where it can build your faith to let go of things that are holding you back. If you're up for it, and I'll be praying for you, then just on your connection card that you've got these things, these orange things, 
you can write on the back, I'm in. I'm in for eight weeks, I'm gonna come and, and be a part of the series as much as I can, as much as I'm possible, and just see how much things will change for you to build your faith and to allow you to let go and lay it, lay it at, at God's feet. The other thing too is if you're a first timer and you fill one of these out, we're gonna send you a Starbucks card, so. You don't have to say I'm in for that, but we'll just still send you one, okay? Anyway, so next week we're going to be doing letting go of worries, doubts, and fears. You could use that too, right? Good topic.